0: All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, it is a long time coming. A regular of this podcast, Chad Clinton Freeman, has been wanting to come on this podcast to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a long time. We have a series, a special side series that we call Breaking It Apart, where we take our whole format which by the way if you're new to the show welcome i'm very happy to have you here uh but our format of looking at a movie through the lens of what other movies might have inspired it we take that format and do it backwards and we look at an older movie and figure out what movies it inspired and chad's been wanting to do the texas chainsaw massacre For so long that we actually waited all the way until a whole new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie is out. It's out now on Netflix. It's the ninth in the series. And so we are doing a combined episode, which is actually the second time we've done this on the podcast. Because back in 2018, we did the same thing with Halloween. We did Breaking It Apart on the original Halloween. And then regular piecing it together on the new Halloween. Now we're doing that with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can't picture two more perfect series to do this kind of an episode with, to be honest with you, but we'll get into that some more during the episode. Uh, lots of great puzzle pieces coming up. Before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us over on Pocket Casts. Why do I go with Pocket Casts first? Uh, that's what I listen to podcasts with, but usually I say Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pocketcast is number three or good pods or over on Podchaser. you can listen as well any of the places you listen to podcasts make sure you're subscribed you can rate and review us if you like what we do here on the show and by the way lots of great really nice reviews lately so thank you so much to everyone who's out there doing that we're also back in the top 10 at good pods so thank you for listening on good pods we really appreciate it uh while you're at it Follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where Chad terrorizes us while we try to have nice movie conversations. And, uh, yeah, we also have a Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine bonus content for Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, which is another movie podcast that I produce, and from my music career. Lots of great content over there and a bunch of stuff getting ready to post over there very soon. Um, I actually just posted a a new song over there, uh, something that's going to be on my next album. So, uh, you know, all kinds of bonus and advanced content. So check it out. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. I'll actually be posting the Uncharted episode on there in uh, the next couple of days which uh, won't hit the main feed for a while and currently our episode on the new scream is on there which uh, will go up as soon as the film hits vod in march but um, you can get it early on the patreon so with all that said let's talk about the texas chainsaw massacre and texas chainsaw massacre All right, the leather face of our podcast is back with us today. It's Chad Clinton Freeman. Chad, how's it going?
1: (laughs) It's going good. Um, (laughs) I just want to say right off the bat, because I haven't been on here for, I think it's like six months or so, you know, last year, I've heard a lot of people talk, you know, bad about the movies that came out. Last year was a great year for movies. That was Mm. totally my opinion. I think there was a lot of fantastic stuff that was released and i just wanted to put that on the record right off the bat cuz i know i've heard a couple of people just kind of been like
2: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i am mostly talking about jason
1: but still <laughs> yeah
0: sure sure <laughs> and a, as i've said like the first half of last year was pretty grim but i i think it came back around and i every year is an awesome movie year and there was uh, there was plenty of great movies last year for sure and i uh, You know, one thing that we have been talking about doing on this podcast for a long time, last year we talked about it, the year before we talked about it, is doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, breaking it apart episode. Never got around to it, and as does happen in Hollywood, everything gets rebooted or (laughs) requeled or legacy sequeled or just regular old sequeled or Mm -hmm. prequeled, and here we are. We've got a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, for everyone... Listening at home, what we're going to do today is kind of mash the two ideas together of a brand new episode on the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a breaking it apart on the original 1974, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We have lost the the in the years since and uh, put it all together. We did this uh, a few years back for Halloween as well when the 2018 Halloween reboot came out. Chad, you've always been on board to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the show. Tell us a little bit about why you love the original so much.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was one of the, the the movies I wanted to do as soon as you started doing those spectacular parts. Um we got to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Of course, Blair Witch project was the other one I'd mentioned, and sure. I'm sure there'll be another Blair Witch here soon enough. Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is to me it's just so special, and and, and it, it and it's not just me. I, I I know it's beyond that because, you know, you've got this movie that it was really a small indie that became like this huge phenomenon. Mm-hmm. What, what what makes it great to me though is how there are so many different ways that you can view this film um you can see it as you know a traditional horror movie you know just about some kids on this road trip and then they come across evil uh and you know, that sets up so many horror movies since uh, sure. it kind of was the, the the template for that, which it kind of stole from Scooby Doo in a sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh there's so much more to it than that though. Um and honestly, so many people come away with this movie uh, feeling like the killers are, you know, the the, the people to root for. Um Because in a way, it's a revenge film. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's just so many different layers. Because the first time I saw it, I was just like, wow, this is like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. You know, It it really took like underground and grindhouse type stuff and then pulled that into mainstream horror. And it did it in this unique way that just felt really real um Mm -hmm. and it's just so raw you know but because of that also in the marketing of it it, people actually thought it was real for so many years especially you know uh, nowadays you know kids probably don't believe this but at one point uh you couldn't just google stuff and on wikipedia uh, you know information um, people would say stuff and that became the you know oh i guess that was the case so for a long time a lot of people did think that this was like based on reality Um, yeah yeah. and i think that that helped in many ways set up um found footage i mean there's a lot of this is really a precursor of a lot of things in many ways including found footage including including uh torture porn uh, slasher movies. This was uh, the very first slasher. I mean, Psycho was beforehand, but this one really set up the whole uh, final girl aspect. Sure, um, yeah. There's just so many things about this movie that make it really, really special. And and you watch it today and it still holds up. It's still got that bizarre effect to it. It's still like, wow, what is going on? Um, it's It's one of those movies that Reminds me of why I love movies and why I watch so many movies. It's Mm -hmm. like my first experience when I saw Pulp Fiction, Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Pulp Fiction or two of those movies with why I'm watching. I'm just like, what is going on? And (laughs) it just like (laughs) gave me this rush of, yes, this is why I love movies.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I I would just add to that because I agree with everything you're saying there and just, To you and, like, thinking back to your Polygrind Film Festival, the the idea of filmmakers making so much impact with so little, like, so little resources and so little, like, to actually work with, uh, this original really felt like they were just putting together things that they could manage to put together and really, really getting the most bang for their buck with every single little aspect of production design and set design and uh, gore and and everything and really making the story come to life because of how much just amazing talent was behind the scene, even if they didn't have the uh, big Hollywood budgets behind them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Very, very much about passion and and, yeah. and and love and and creativity uh that brought it all together and yeah no definitely lots of behind the scenes talent obviously that uh the the you know set designs the 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 every like aspect of the props and such i mean i i still feel that this is the best leather face mask you've got so much advancements in technology and makeup and things like that but still to me this is the best looking most realistic feeling leather face mask that's ever been on screen
0: yeah yeah well we're gonna do breaking it apart style on the 1974 toby hooper original now and uh, obviously we could list just, like you mentioned, every slasher. Like we, we could talk about so many movies along the way, but we'll, we'll keep it reined in a little bit for the sake of time and also because we're going to be also talking about the new Texas Chainsaw in a minute. Um, But let's start off with just a, a handful of some movies that the original inspired. What do you got for your first piece here?
1: Well, I'm going to go with a movie I actually have already mentioned, but um, (laughs) go into more detail. Another movie I love, and that's The Blair Witch Project. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, it's got this opening crawl that tells you it's a a true story. uh, And then you've got it shot and this, like, lots of the moments in the film are very uh, documentary style of the camera's, like in the weeds and the grass and in the, in the trees and, you know, what you're seeing just kind of unfolds in front of you, not heavy with the cuts until it's needed. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, cinema verte, uh, style, um, that plus the marketing, which once this came out, that was the word of mouth that really got people amped up about it. Of Oh, this is a true story. Oh, you've got to see this. Um, all of that was I think a huge influence on what the Blair witch project did in regards to, uh, its marketing. And not only that, it's, it's, uh, you know, also Blair witch is a movie about this, uh, group of kids starts off very kind of, you know, fun and lighthearted and they end up getting in over their heads. Uh, they're more in the woods than they are in chainsaw, but still you've got that element. Um, you've got also the, the weird like in, in chainsaw, it's the, uh, cans in the tree, and then also like the bone windmills and things like that. And then Blair Witch, you've got you know the stick uh, uh, men that are hanging from the trees and such. Yeah. You've also got this creepy old house. Uh, so there's definitely some some elements that not only from the marketing standpoint, but also in the 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 film itself. Plus the fact that you don't see as much as you feel and as much as you take away from actually you know once you've seen it you a lot of people say they saw things that they didn't actually see you know uh, sure. so then that that helps also with that whole word of mouth thing but not only that it's just that you know um a lot with the Blair Witch people give credit to Cannibal Holocaust which of course was a film that came after Texas Chainsaw Massacre so we could we could say that uh Cannibal Holocaust was inspired by this one and then you know that was part of that inspiration for Blair Witch because Cannibal Holocaust people really say is like the grandfather of film footage but it's only about film footage within the film itself and it it's it's one of those that was supposed to be real um and uh you know before internet of course everything was real if people said it was
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well absolutely I, I completely agree I mean Blair Witch definitely belongs in this and that that whole feeling of like is this real was this based on something that actually happened and and the way that they were able to uh really drive that home and make it like just seem as real as can be uh, you know, definitely is is exactly what The Blair Witch was trying to go for all those years later, and yeah, Cannibal Holocaust kind of the um, uh, the connective tissue between the two, I guess, in a way, and, um, and
1: Scooby Doo also,
0: <laughs> of course, of course. Well, what hasn't Scooby Doo uh, inspired? That's true, yeah. That's true. Speaking of things that, uh, what hasn't it inspired? uh, I'm going to go for my first piece with something uh, I may have brought up before here on the show, uh, (laughs) but I think it was definitely inspired by Toby Hooper. <laughs> it's a little movie called The Evil Dead uh, from Sam <laughs> Raimi, but 1981. It did. Uh, it, it came uh, seven years later, and I, I mean, I think Sam Raimi is pretty much on record as saying how much he loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you know, again, like I was talking about uh, earlier with the, you know, that whole trying to make the most you can with very little resources. I mean, these are people who just. Approached it with very little money, but a lot of love for the craft and for just making the coolest, most interesting thing they could possibly put together. And uh, using that to come up with the, the craziest gore effects and the, the coolest creatures and just everything from, um, you know, Tom Sullivan's makeup and, and Sam Raimi's direction and cool creative camera stuff and just everything that. that went into making the evil dead is I, I think, you know, kind of steeped in the tradition of what Toby Hooper was doing with with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then on another level you could say uh A few years later, going to the sequel to Evil Dead 2, which is kind of a self-parody sequel that is right there going back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 with Toby Hooper basically kind of self-parodying himself with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, Evil Dead, uh, on on my list for sure, where I actually had that also is... uh, One of the 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 big things that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre did for cinema was really, I guess, uh, I was going to say kick down the door, but no, it uh, sliced open the door with a chainsaw. Yeah, sounds Uh, about right. The the use (laughs) of power tools and like household objects. Uh, that every day families had in their house, like in their garage, that now could be used as like a, you know, a murderous uh, weapon, Uh, which, of course, uh, you know, the chainsaw in Evil Dead is a huge piece of it. Um, And, uh, yeah, you know, um, before Chainsaw Massacre, uh, you did have uh, Wes Craven's last house on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, which had the father use a chainsaw against uh, this, you know, murderous uh, group of people, but I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was able to because I, I that movie, although it's a classic, although it's great, it didn't have the mainstream success that Chainsaw sure. Massacre did, and and still, Last House on the Left is still a very underseen underrated kind of classic whereas uh, if you're into horror at all um i think you've seen the original texas chainsaw massacre uh <laughs> you know and Hopefully. even if you're not you probably have um yeah and then also like you said with the the it, it, it goes in line with the sequel as well uh yeah so yeah no it's very much uh a, a good piece to have in line here. And I knew you were going to bring it up. Of but, course. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just jotted down just, I, I doubt you're going to mention any of these others, but I uh, Power Tools, one of the big influencers of this film. So yeah, I had sure. Evil Dead in there. I had American yeah. Psycho, High Tension, Driller Killer, Scarface. Uh, slumber Party Massacre, Toolbox Murders. There's just so many uh, Hollywood chainsaw hookers, but
0: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, lots and lots and lots of movies where power tools are, you know, involved, uh, especially chainsaws. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, especially Hollywood chainsaw hookers, a classic. <laughs> so is that uh is that your your next piece then just movies with uh power tools actually um
1: what I wanted to go into next because I've got tons of side pieces here and i'm sure aspects, you have plenty but uh <laughs> the <laughs> one i wanted to go to was a, a movie that actually came out last year uh fantastic movie one of my favorite movies of uh 2021 and that's pasture which i, I had posted about this in the facebook group. Um and I know there was at least one person who had watched it and they were like, How did you get Chainsaw massacre out of this? Um so <laughs> So I can go into that a little bit here, but uh this is a movie uh of, of this woman who well, wakes up uh on this farm and she can't really remember anything. Her her memory's really fuzzy. Uh she's there with her sister who is taking care of her and her sister's husband is a doctor and there's this little kid there and her dad's there and it's just like it's very just like fuzzy as to what is happening um we're just as confused as she is um and they're telling her that hey we're helping you get your memory back um, and so what this film is doing is, is, is really tapping into anxiety, uh, in a lot of ways. But where it comes into like this whole, um, being a puzzle piece here is that the way it's shot and the feeling of this movie and the just way it's done, everything from like the sound design of you know, being unique sounds and playing with sounds to have uh, an effect on you as you watch it. The whole like cinema verte aspect of it seeming almost like documentary style at times. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are also specific visuals like uh, windmills, um the fact that it's like out in the middle of nowhere there's this isolation there's the whole shutting of the door uh which that whole leather face you know when you first see him and then he slams the door shut yeah I mean, that's yeah. been done over and over and over like you know saw for example but um in, in this case it's just kind of it's not even brought attention to it's just like a little subtle thing that's there and then also this woman she escapes a couple of times one time it is through a window breaking of the window to get out of the house and then you know uh getting away another time she is basically uh comes across this guy that's on a tractor who then Mm -hmm. puts her on the tractor and helps her um she ends up though he, he's trying to take her back to the house so she gets away from him that just seemed very much a lot like the 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 finale of uh, chainsaw as well so there's just a lot of things that to me it feels like that this is somebody who texas chainsaw massacre is in their dna and they yeah. went out to make a movie that kind of evoked that same kind of anxiety and that same sort of uh feeling um by again you know doing it with as little as they actually had and it's a brilliant brilliant uh, movie i mean I, I i rewatched it and i was just like yes no this is definitely one of my favorites from last year
0: yeah i remember you talking really highly of it i have not seen it but i obviously this movie's influence is still happening all the time. I mean, last year, we did uh, Bloody Hell here on the podcast, and Texas Chainsaw was, of course, a puzzle piece on that one as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is a movie that's going to continue, I think, inspiring things forever, pretty much.
1: And I bought Bloody Hell when you mentioned it was on sale here recently, but I hadn't watched it yet, so. Okay, right on.
0: <laughs> well, I'll go to my next piece, uh, which is basically just Rob Zombie's entire filmography. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yeah, just absolutely any and everything he's done from his originals to even things like halloween but just really though specifically that main trilogy of his uh but really everything of his every everything seems to be steeped in the idea of these like crazy americans and and just how insane uh families can be and and just the gore and the people being trapped and capturing that insanity and not always to as uh you know The success of this original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I don't really like Rob Zombie's movies quite that much, but you can absolutely see uh, the influence of everything that the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre had on his movies. I would say maybe his movies are just as inspired by all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, including some of the lesser sequels over the years, but really it's just everything that specific kind of version of this genre has brought to to cinema
1: definitely no uh rob zombie uh you know obviously greatly greatly influenced by texas chainsaw massacre um before i go into my next piece i I wanted to mention that there's another filmmaker that i feel the same way which my next piece will involve him um, mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say also is that I think Rob Zombie also very much influenced by what influenced Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you don't mind, I could just throw out a couple of things. Because, you know, I mentioned Scooby-Doo. I mentioned Psycho. But I I also feel... Because if you look at the the country at the time that this movie came out, you had the the Manson family that had you know, just happened a few years prior, Sure, you know, Vietnam, that yeah. it was just, you know, by 74 was, you know, kind of ending uh, after so long. Uh, you've got also at the time, I mean, malls and uh, big business kind of starting to be what is taking over. Uh, you know, devouring the, the, the smaller mom-and-pop shops. It was the beginning yeah, yeah. of, like, all of that type stuff that we're still dealing with. Oh, yeah. um, Movie-wise, though, you had – well, go if you go, go back to the my oldest piece here, The Old Dark House, which is a 30s movie about these people that go to this creepy house and there's this weird family there. Uh and then from there you have Spider Baby in the 60s which is a classic that is again it's like these weird people that live in this weird house and it's more like suggestive as to are these people cannibals and things like that and it doesn't get into I mean there's murder but it doesn't get into anything too over the top. The other mm-hmm. thing with these other movies that I just mentioned they're they're more like kooky and sure. like silly, you know. Which at the time you had the monsters, which was sixty-four, and you had the Adams family on sixty-four, which is TV, which is again these weird families, yeah, the kooky factor, you know, <laughs> uh, the different factor. And then and then movie-wise, you know, you had like Night of the Living Dead in sixty-eight, um, and then you had Deliverance in seventy-two. Um, Mm. Of course, Last House on the left in 72. And I think all of those things, though, were big influences on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then I think also, like, that's all, like... Rob Zombie in a blender. that oh, yeah, and, and chainsaw. So definitely,
0: yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I love that we just got a little mini missing pieces on, on <laughs> chainsaw here. So. Well, it,
1: it, and then they, the, it, then the other thing is, you know, serial killers was was also and, right. And again, that's, that's a another, huge one. You know, that yeah. was, was like a a new thing at the time. They hadn't even coined that term serial killer at that time. But, right. You know, uh, uh, Ed Gain. Um and it was the the biggest one that uh you know Toby Hooper and uh, Kim Hinkle have come out and said was definitely, you know, an influence, which that was also an influence on Hitchcock with Psycho. Um sure. and then also the Candyman of Houston, which was another influence on this one because with the with that one you had uh a separate person who was kind of leading the people to the other person who was the killer so it was bigger than just the one person doing it which really came into play with a texas chainsaw massacre absolutely yeah but yeah no the the filmmaker i was thinking it was eli roth specifically i mean one of the the big pieces that i had down here Uh, which you can bring in any of his films, uh, but hostile. Yeah, I
0: would say that would be the biggest, for sure.
1: Yeah, why why hostile, though? One, because uh, you've got the aspect of basically entitled Americans who are just kind of uh, feel like that they can just do anything they want to go wherever they want to. And there's no consequences, you know, right. They, they live in their bubble of life where they never have to deal with crime. They don't have to deal with uh, violence against them. And so wherever they go, their bubble's going to follow them and they'll be okay. And of course, uh, chainsaw massacre is a big wake up to them of no, you there's some bad people out there. <laughs> You know, a mm-hmm. uh, very uh, cautionary tale. And so hostile. you know, it's, it's the same thing. And not only that, you know, uh, the, like I said, this is very much a, a precursor to torture porn in many ways. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It uh, shows it in the emotional uh, sense of it more so than the physical, whereas Hostel, you know, was the, f- the, the one that really, you know, amp things up with the physical, uh, torture. Not only that there's a, you know, a visual cue with Eli Roth in cabin fever when that, you know, the house reveal, he completely, you know, of course, many people, that's another one of those visuals that, uh, has been ripped off from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but in cabin fever, the part where, the girl, and I think she's even wearing red shorts, and it starts up from, you know, like her feet and then up to her, her butt, and there's the reveal of the house. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, Eli Roth is, is right along there. I mean, even you can go to Green Inferno, which was his cannibal movie. So, yeah, uh, just absolutely. like a
0: zombie. No, definitely he, he, the two of them are both, I think, kind of go hand-in-hand hand with that, and uh definitely agree. And I'll go to another piece. I'm going to combine two movies here because I think they both kind of draw inspiration from the same idea here. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be 1975, the next year, uh, Jaws, mm-hmm. and 1979, Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, both movies where you're basically in this kind of remote place that's not very easy to get out of in Jaws in in the ocean and alien in space and where there is this just unstoppable killing force that there's just very little hope of getting away from and both are kind of in their way very unique different slasher kind of movies but they both kind of follow that same blueprint of something coming to get you and there's probably no chance of escaping it
1: right (laughs) well and and jaws also is uh like so that's i mean that's the thing um texas chainsaw massacre you don't really see a whole lot you know it's it's more of what you don't see and what you you know that it, it it's it's you in your imagination and i think jaws um, most of that movie, it, you're in that same realm of uh, being being scared, not because of what is shown, but what isn't shown, which yeah, for sure. goes back definitely to, you know, Hitchcock with Psycho yeah. and the way that... Um, you know the the deaths were shot in that film and the way just the way uh, uh, hitchcock worked overall and i think um definitely part of what makes uh, jaws so great um is that for the longest time you don't see that shark because then once you see that shark it's kind of fake <laughs> <laughs> a little bit <laughs> but uh yeah no and then and then with alien um you know uh, again it's a very like female empowering film, especially, I mean, especially at the time, I mean, you, you you think about when that came out and the survivor is a woman. Um, and then you've got that with alien, just kind of takes it to another level of creating that person into, you know, uh, eventually through the series you know she's basically a superhero yeah Um, so i mean yeah definitely uh those are those are both uh uh, good in in ways you mentioned and then also like i was saying with a little bit of a a different here but yeah that whole aspect of you're being trapped somewhere um you know you're gonna die and there's not much you can do about it uh
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah no absolutely so what do you have for your next one?
1: Well, I, I want to go with the, the, and I'll just combine two here, uh, the whole cannibal family aspect. Um, I think that even though the 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 cannibalism was kind of played down in this film, because, I mean, if you think at the time, they, there was probably something that was so, so very uh, taboo and not in any film's or if it was, it was very much implied or it was done, like I was saying before, in like a kooky uh, yeah, family yeah. kind of way. But uh, I would say, uh, you know, The Hills Have Eyes, which uh, was 77. West mm-hmm. Craven, um I think in many ways, uh, West Craven influenced uh, Chainsaw Massacre. And then I think he was influenced... Um, by it with what yeah, he yeah. did uh, in The Hills Have Eyes. And then I'll go uh, a second piece to that, A Wrong Turn, um, sure, which was, of course, greatly influenced by Hills Have Eyes. It's one of those things that you take underground and you take extreme films and you you start to work with some sort of theme and once it gets there, it'll slowly uh, seep into, like, the mainstream, or in this case, it was the mainstream horror, and then from there, it goes more into mainstream in general. And and I think that the fact that um, you had this movie that was so successful with these themes of, of, of cannibalism, like, again, I, I very much feel it, uh, you know, led to not only hills have eyes but also cannibal holocaust so many other just cannibal movies but not only that but the oscar winning silence of the lambs which yeah, also yeah. was inspired by ed gain so yeah, but yeah. it just shows you like how these things can kind of start and then where they can kind of go
0: yeah. And, and also, I, I would say, like, combining those two, The Hills Have Eyes and Wrong Turn, tying it back to your first piece there, The Blair Witch Project, and then with The Texas Chainsaw Massacre itself, all of these movies, they really seeped into everybody's imagination right. in a way that when you do make a wrong turn out in the middle of nowhere, you know, particularly maybe somewhere in Texas or something, you know, you you think that, you know, you're fucked. Like you, right. you are going to get eaten right. by some weird hill people at any moment. And it's just the fact that they were able to paint a picture that just feels so vivid and so real with these movies that it would even like enter your mind as that's a thing that could happen is uh, pretty amazing and crazy and scary
1: oh yeah and i mean that's the thing is it definitely you know because i was born in texas and grew up in texas and even even as somebody that you know knows texas there's plenty of places when you're traveling
0: You don't want to make a wrong turn. Where am I, and what am I going to run into? Now
1: yeah. I'm in Ohio, right by Kentucky and West Virginia. And West Virginia, of course, is where the wrong turn movies are were, were based. And awesome. yeah, there's definitely that whole aspect of okay uh where am i at right now <laughs> what is this <laughs> so yeah um it, it, that's that's a, a good way to 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 put it is it how it's just kind of uh seeped into the collective uh imagination of yeah. you know maybe maybe that wasn't real but aspects of it were real and that they, these things
0: can happen they can so, happen yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go to my last piece for uh, things that were inspired by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's not a movie, um, but it is every haunted house in America at Halloween yes. time. Yes, because there's always a big guy with a chainsaw that runs after you. It's like it's the main thing. It's it's what you go for right. uh, every Halloween, and. I, I have to assume that didn't exist uh, pre <laughs> Texas Chainsaw. Like that—that's Leatherface. Like right. you know, it—it's got to be uh, that it came from him and a little Ed Gain, I guess. But um, you know, being a big guy. But yeah, it, it's it's such a a big part of like kind of the American experiences. Those those haunted houses every Halloween and o- always so much fun. And there's always the guy with the chainsaw, and he's always the the mainstay. He is the big he's the thing you go for right. he he's the he's the star of the show,
1: yeah, there's always the uh you know the clown or the the clowns um, mm-hmm. and then at the end that's the the chainsaw guy yeah and and the what's funny is that the 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 way you know things work, I of course went to a haunted house and got scared by a chainsaw guy before I'd even seen uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, again, growing up, uh, movies were not as available as they are now. Anybody right. listening can just go pull it up on their computer and watch the Chainsaw Massacre, but I had to actually rent it. Uh, and and I wasn't going to, you know, get it rented uh, by my dad or my mom. Uh, right, right. So... <laughs> So, so I actually experienced uh, one of these haunted houses before even experiencing the film, and yes, the, the chainsaw guy scared the crap out of me. Oh, I bet. But that was not something that uh, existed. But now, a guy in a mask with a chainsaw—that's just basically, you know, if it, if it has something to do with people and and and, and being scared, uh, that's an element that could pop up in like you know low budget horror movies. All the time, it happens. So. Absolutely,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, you got one more that you want to uh, mention before we move on to the new uh, Texas Chainsaw?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go with the this one. Here's a fun one um, uh, because you know one of one of the, the the ways that you can watch this film movie and interpret this film uh, is basically as a home invasion. I'm gonna say home alone um All right. was expired
2: <laughs> by Texas
1: Chainsaw Massacre because if you think about it uh Leatherface is basically Kevin or or Kevin's Leatherface. Uh sure. so here he is. He's in his home. He is by himself. He is minding his own business. All of a sudden this dude just comes up in his house. Uh yeah. what's his first instinct to do? Uh, hit him in the head with a hammer. That's what you know uh leatherface does uh but of course you know kevin does the same thing to an extent um you know with his marbles and hot wheels cars and you know uh, <laughs> heating up the doorknob and you know it's it's protecting himself and protecting you know his castle and and, and that's all that leatherface is doing leatherface didn't come out of his house and, and, and hit this guy in the head. This guy was in his house, deep in his house.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, that's a very important aspect of the story is that, you know, we've kind of mentioned it a couple of times here. But the fact that these people are basically intruding, you know, right. and so, you know, yeah, he's a, a mass murdering psychopath. But at the same time, you know, stay out of people's houses. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If they don't answer the door. Maybe they don't want to come to the door. I mean, but again, this goes back to that whole like these entitled, self entitled kids that just you know they can do whatever they want. I mean, yeah, go it up in somebody's house, Um, (laughs) and 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 that's the thing though. Also, you know, that hits this all home that basically Leatherface and Kevin are, are very much the same is that after, you know, he takes care of the first person and then the, 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 the second girl comes in and he, 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 you know, uh, puts her on the hook, Leatherface has a freak out. He doesn't mm-hmm. know what is going on. He's like, Am I it's are we being invaded? You know, like he's looking out the window. He's just like so paranoid. Am I gonna get in trouble for what just happened? I mean, he he's like more stressed out than Kevin is in Home Alone. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and and he's the one that we're like so scared of and uh and and he's he's traumatized in this situation. So, I mean, stay out of people's houses. I mean, I, I think
0: that's a good, (laughs) uh, a good lesson to leave that on. So, uh, let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new one out now on Netflix, A, a movie that I know the critical community absolutely hates. Um, really, really thought it was terrible, but audiences are a little more split on it. I know, We've talked about it beforehand. We both kind of liked it, uh, didn't love it, but but liked it enough. It's definitely a messy movie. It, mm-hmm. It's, I wouldn't, I, I would definitely stop short of calling it a good movie, uh, <laughs> but I also, you know, I enjoyed it. It's, it's what you would want from a late era Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I think the the main thing that I took away from this is we're. Probably never going to get a movie, especially within the series, but uh, really a movie that captures what the original captured. So instead, let's just get this crazy guy with a chainsaw and give you some gore. Like, and that's what this movie is. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just a it's 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 not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. That's my whole whole argument against it. It it I mean it very much is. You know, a guy with a chainsaw. It, it, yeah. No, no need for it to have been called Texas Chainsaw Massacre in any, anyway.
0: Um, right. And and I think I think I'm gonna actually go with the first piece here because it's the most obvious piece, and we might as well just kick it off with this. And that is the 2018 Halloween reboot, <laughs> which I mean, the, he is almost indistinguishable from Michael Myers at this point. In, in, in the this way film, that yes, yeah. in in this particular film, they're just these just evil, unstoppable killing mm-hmm. machines that all of the story that is put around them is useless. It, it's completely it, the you're there to see them kill people, and that's that. Um, I would say that this also kind of almost in a way operates as a parody of the two thousand and eighteen Halloween all of the the self-importance and self-mythologizing and bringing back the classic character for no good reason just to help the new characters. And it it does so much of the exact same things that that Halloween did. I wouldn't say worse or better. I would say almost on the same footing. As you know, I did not like the new Halloween and I don't like its sequel, Halloween Kills. Um, I, I would say it's pretty much on the same level. Well, and,
1: and, and might as well extend that piece to say Halloween and Halloween Kills. Yeah, together. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, no, yeah. It, 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 the thing is, I, I thought Halloween Kills was brilliant. I thought it was hilarious. You liked it. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I wish I liked it because I, I, see, I feel like they were going for very, very stupid and silly and fun, and I just didn't get it from it.
1: Yeah. Well, th- this one... <sighs> I wish it was more like Halloween Kills. Uh, But, I mean, like I said, I mean, they they might as well just call this like Charlie the Chainsaw Guy or something like that. (laughs) The fact that they they try to tie it in with the opening to the original, uh, and then the fact that they bring Sally back, which to me is just completely stupid to do anyway, Mm -hmm. it just does not work, especially the fact that. He's supposed to be an orphan. At what point was he an orphan? When he, in his thirties? I mean, I'm so
0: glad you just said that because while I was watching this movie, one of the main things, and and again, like you know, we're not here to like review the movie. We're here to talk <laughs> about inspirations. But but seriously, watching this, I'm like, how many scenes did they cut out that like are connective tissue? Like, what is happening at right. any given point in the beginning of this right. movie?
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that 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 was what Melanie said. Whenever uh, it was over, she was like, "I don't even know what happened." <laughs>
0: She's like, we, we cut where up, we did cut every from? <laughs> every sequel to the movies. W- w- they're all cut out of the continuum of this, and yet this is not where we left off at the end of the first one. Like, well, this is, is a happening?
1: direct sequel to the first one, so obviously here you've got a you know. A, I, it, I mean, it, it, as much as you can figure, he was at least in his twenties when the first one ended because the hitchhiker in him worked at the slaughterhouse and mm. were basically let go because of this new technology. And that's part of the important things of the story is that it's a revenge film about you know the old versus the new and that anger and that hostility of not letting go. Of the old and kind of moving on, so I yeah. mean that was that was who he was was a you know somebody that slaughtered, and so here he is just continuing on with what he did prior. So, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which to that with the, the point I just made, I'll go ahead and throw in my first piece. All right. Well, see, I got more of anti pieces than, than, <clears throat> than real pieces for this new movie. Cause it's more of like where they should have went.
0: Oh, okay. I gotcha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where they should have went. And, um, this is, this is, uh, yeah, you know, that's fine. I'll go with the first one here. It's assault on wall street. Um Uibo movie. I think I'm the only person who brings up Uibo. Maybe Ron. Yeah, um, yeah, very
0: rare. <laughs> but yeah. Uh.
1: So A uh, Assault on Wall Street is a movie, you know, just basically about a guy who just completely feels totally left alone, abandoned, and and forgotten about he was a, a you know a military guy he was a soldier he was married he had a family he was gonna well who who's about to you know uh, him and his wife were gonna have a kid well his wife you know uh, gets sick and then they don't have the uh, means to take care of her she ends up dying he loses all of his money. He uh, ends up losing his job because uh, he's a uh, he does security for banks, and they can't have somebody who's now um, in debt and uh, having his wages garnished uh, working for them. So he has his house repossessed. He's basically everything stripped away, and he is yeah. just angry and I remember needs to this. take it out on you know all the banks wall street you know and so basically he he, that's what he 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 reverts back to what he was which is a soldier a killer and then he uses that as revenge against wall street and so to me that's what the leather face on his own without the family that's the movie that they could have made and to a degree they kind of sort of throw in some things to kind of do that, you know because obviously it's very much uh, a old versus new um, mm. in the film. But it's yeah, just yeah. kind of like something that's just tossed in there. It's not like right. what the movie is about. And well, I there's think... a lot
0: of things just tossed in there. Yeah, yes. there's there's eco- there's economy, there's violence in the in the cities, there's gun violence, there's yes. there, there's so many yes. l- little ideas thrown in, none of which are are right. You yeah. know, and I and I actually saw an interview with Fetty Alvarez, who co-wrote the script uh, or or at least came up with the story, where he he kind of said that coming to this country uh, as an immigrant like he he noticed that you just see little bits and pieces of all these stories and none of them are ever resolved in any way because i mean that's america for you you know and and that kind of makes sense in a way although it's also kind of a cop-out i You're think right. <laughs> you know but but it does make sense though that you, you see these stories every day and nothing is ever you know n- it never goes anywhere but you at least see them all the time in the news
1: yeah well, so. like I said, I think it, it, there were a lot of th- things that could have been grasped onto and really uh, zoned in on and made that the story. And, and like I said, a, Assault on Wall Street could have been one of those things. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Should Ui Boa have made this Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Um, That's what we're all thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> well, not only that, not only that. The only way this movie could have been worse. So, so, and I, I also
1: know the downside of that is that people are, are probably like, "Well, are you saying we should have had Joker or Cruella, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Leatherface?" In and in a way, I am saying that mm,
0: we're getting a real look inside the mind of a psycho right now. <laughs> What's happening? Um, yeah, I'm going to move on to my next piece. Uh, and actually, I might as well go to this one. Uh, you brought it up a bunch of times during the uh, the talk about the original, but I'm going to go with Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, because here we've got Leatherface wearing his mother's face, and, uh, you know, obviously with Norman Bates dressing up as his mother, uh, I think Leatherface finally completes that here, where, you know... He finally gets to be completely inspired by Norman Bates and and Psycho. Right, so it, right. It all it all comes back around all these years sure. later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: so and and that's the thing. It, is this his mother? I mean, who is this woman?
0: I mean... <laughs> story-wise, don't even try. Don't even try to follow it story-wise. Because
1: in the, in the original, you know, there, there's grandma who's dead in the attic, but there's never any motherly figure. In fact, Leatherface kind of takes on the role of the woman of the house. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. Who is this woman? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of important whenever you're following up a movie 48 years later to like kind of give us a little bit more details like that. I mean, yeah. I just wanted that. I mean.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a messy movie for sure. But let's go on to your next piece. What do you got um, next?
1: So I've I got actually a, a documentary. It's called uh, Welcome to Leith. It's actually just a movie that was on Tubi that I stumbled across and watched. I knew nothing about it. Uh, it's evidently set during 2012, and what it is is it's a small little town um, where this white supremacist decides, "Hey, land is really cheap there. I'm gonna go in and buy a bunch of land, and I'm gonna start like a little, you know." colt and oh, okay. we're going to take over this town and then then we're going to be the majority and we're going to own this town and do whatever we want with this town and mm. so he ends up he starts buying off all this land and then he moves in he moves in a, a family of a uh, white supremacists, and then he starts donating the land that he's bought two other like well-known white supremacists and so the, it's, it's this whole thing with trying to take over this town where this is a town that does not want anything to do with this guy or any of his beliefs even though it's a, a town that's uh it's mostly uh you know made of white people there's like one black guy that lives in the whole town mm-hmm. um and uh it's this town versus these people and what they're trying to do. And, and, and some of that kind of came up here, which again is one of those things that they didn't really explore as well as they could have, but I think would sure. have made it more interesting because you've got the, the hipsters basically have come in and it, it bought up all of this land as, as ghost town in in Texas and trying to, you know, flip the properties to hipsters so that this is going to be, you know, the new downtown Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, <Absolutely>. uh <laughs> and, and of course you got uh Leatherface just kind of in the middle and it's, it's not the town versus these people, but it's Leatherface versus these people. It, it, it's a very, very interesting documentary though. I very it much recommend great. it. And, and, that little piece though is just kind of a, a, a one of those thrown in ideas uh in this new uh, chainsaw yeah
0: yeah one one of many just thrown in ideas and uh yeah that sounds like a great documentary I'm gonna have to check that out um I and that that also yeah to to the hipsters like kind of moving into town and 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 taking it over for for their businesses and everything like that that that's like a because I couldn't think of any movies like that. I did read, I've never actually seen it, but I read that uh, Halloween Resurrection uh, has a kind of slightly similar with like a reality show aspect, like coming into the the house for a reality show. Not necessarily a full town, but... Yeah,
1: I I, I slightly remember that movie. I remember it was awful. Uh, yeah. the, the, this one is very much kind of like that, because I think that's the one that Jamie Lee Curtis is in for like five minutes, and right, they right. a kill her. Yeah. And so, like, I, I, it's funny because, yeah, I guess that would be a good comparison, that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I was going to say I, I'll have to watch it one of these days, but no idea. It's awful. I, it's it,
1: it's <laughs> like, uh, who is it? There's a rapper in it. I'm trying to remember. Hello, Cool J, right? Oh, no, he's in one of the good ones, I think.
0: It's, oh, okay. It's like. Then Buster Rhymes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's who it is. Is it Buster
1: yeah. Rhymes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's real bad. It, it, yeah, it really uh, was. During the heyday of like reality TV, uh, and they really tried to capitalize on that. And it's just the like, heyday
0: of reality TV is the rest of recorded human history. Well, the, the now big, big early boom, I <laughs> guess. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, I'll go to my next piece. And I told you I was going to do this, uh, I, I have to, but this movie absolutely is centered on a bus party that comes to this town <laughs> with all of all of these young people ready to uh, invest in the town. And uh, while it's slightly different, um there is a little movie by Las Vegas filmmakers the Mahal Brothers and their collaborator Rolf Konefsky called Bus Party to Hell that uh, I did a bunch of music for. We actually covered here on the podcast in like the first Mm -hmm. 10 episodes, I think. It's from 2017, and it features a bunch of young people on a bus party that goes horribly wrong and lots of gore takes place on and around the bus and uh so yeah i don't know if this filmmaker uh saw bus party to hell but it definitely they're the only two movies i could think of that feature a bus party and a shitload of gore (laughs) um and and i will say that the uh the the bus scene will come up in another one of my puzzle pieces coming up but is the centerpiece of the film and is a really a lot of fun i thought
1: yeah yeah no i definitely thought of that movie too and i i mean i will say that this movie is i it's been a while since i saw uh bus party to hell but i mean they're kind of equal films so i mean if somebody liked this new chainsaw massacre that they definitely should check out bus party to hell i would it's i would agree a fun movie. um Absolutely. again it, yeah it's it's fun you don't have that whole like e- expectation involved into it going in either so it's you're able to just you know have fun with it whereas yes. with this one I, I i was not on first viewing able to do that i think over time um because i find myself with that all the time with the chainsaw films initial uh watching of them is 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 fairly negative Um, And then I go back and I rewatch it. I'm like, hey, this is kind of fun. I mean, even the bad ones I like. So uh, yeah, no uh, bus party day is uh, is definitely a, a fun time. The bus uh, scene instantly brought that back to mind. Um, mm-hmm. Which the massacre on the bus here is is definitely the highlight of uh, the new chainsaw film. That that is definitely accurate. Um, it's uh, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and uh you know and it and it 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 kind of uh does both worlds of you actually see some of the things and then there are times when it's just like you're just seeing like you know the the blood kind of splattering from the outside of the 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 bus through the windows which is really yeah yeah um the 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 things that reminded me of was uh One, again uh, People um, in this uh, Closed, well I guess it was a bus And a chainsaw And that's uh, (laughs) Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead Which the old Boomer accidentally Saws the young lady in half uh, Which (laughs) was Actually one of those I know total James Gunn moment That I actually thought was hilarious Though at the time Um,
0: (laughs) He's not all bad, Chad
1: He's not all bad (laughs) <laughs> and then the the other thing that came to mind for me, and I may have talked about it on the bus party to hell, was uh Judgment Night, uh which Judgment Night, you know, uh group of guys in a R V uh and uh which is kind of uh be a good one for the first uh chainsaw and for this one as well. In an R V and they uh get stuck in the wrong part of town, they they see a murder and then of course they end up getting, you know, uh, tracked down by the killer but uh the beginning half of that film was all in the rv uh, yeah so uh i think it works for for both of the films we're talking about
0: awesome yeah and you know what? i might as well just jump right in there uh, along with those two uh because two other pieces that involve bus action scenes that I was going to include. And these might be too new to actually have been uh, an influence on this. I'm not sure when exactly this was shot. I know it went through a long production, uh, you know, hell (laughs) situation. But uh, last year's Shang-Chi and Nobody – uh, so right now in the, the public consciousness, there's a lot of bus fights happening. Uh, it seems to be a thing lately. I don't know why. But those were two of the best action moments of last year, I think. And we're right back to action on buses this year. So maybe we'll continue to get more action on buses. But uh, yeah, they, I, they all kind of go together. I,
1: I, I hadn't seen nobody, but yeah, no, definitely a great scene in the other film uh it seems like there was a fight on a bus in uh Captain Marvel as well
0: might um, have been yeah. might have been yeah it's, it's happening a lot lately yeah.
1: um what i was going to say is a uh, final destination um this is sure. another one of those things that kind of just like is a, a a part one of those thrown out there pieces of this um new film and you know, the girl, a uh, survivor of a school shooting, um, mm-hmm. and she even makes the the mention of, hey, you know, this is because of me, death is following me. Um, yeah. I think that uh, that whole angle of the, the school shooting and her with her uh, PTSD and her overcoming that, um, to me, is the strongest uh, thing in this film. And... I, just like I said, just one of many things just kind of thrown out there. Um, yeah. It just has that small little final destination tied to it, which they can, in a sequel, continue on. If, if this wasn't a chainsaw movie, they could have just continued on with her uh, trying to escape death and other, other obstacles coming her way. But with this, of course, Leatherface will be back for her.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's funny that is one of those many ideas that they just kind of throw in there but don't explore whatsoever, but I had final destination on my list as well because yeah, <laughs> it's it's totally it's totally like that's what they're going for with that. I'll go with one last piece here from me, uh, and I started the whole conversation talking about the Evil Dead. I'm going to go with the 2013 Fetty Alvarez Evil Dead um, as a puzzle piece here, which, of course, he co-wrote this, um, but in a similar way in that reboot, which was actually very surprisingly good, I thought, um, but one thing that that does that this does as well is just laser focus in on the brutality as the number one thing. Let's make a movie that takes those particular situations of their original counterparts and focus in on just how brutal and violent and gory they are. And that's the movie we want to make. Forget about any of the other nuance, any of the other story elements, any of what it all means. Just let's take the gore and make a movie out Mm -hmm. of it and that that's i think what i think that's Fetty alvarez is like that's what he loves and that that's cool with me i mean you know i i like an over the top gory movie that that's fine it would just be nice if maybe the story kind of came together in some right. slightly slightly better way yeah
1: well you know and and, and honestly i i'm i'm totally cool with that as well um, cuz you know that's the thing is these reboots uh, sequels uh, requels prequels what, whatever you want to call any of them uh what they do is it, they get people talking about the original film anyway. They get people talking about the legacy of the original. And to me, that's you know, a positive, regardless of you know what yeah. they didn't do or or what they should have done. Uh a lot of people get really, really worked up and angry about that. Uh this film, there's some people that are just like really, really off the deep end, angry, and and, and just like, you know.
0: Which is crazy. Have they seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 lately? I mean, it's fucking insane. Have
1: they seen The Next Generation? Oh,
0: God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And,
1: you know, um, it's just like these, the Chainsaw Massacre movies, this is... uh, was this this was the ninth one right i um, think so ninth yeah um none of them ever connected in any way part 2 didn't really connect i mean they're all just kind of their own individual thing um yeah. and you know um some some are really good at what they try to do some aren't as good so, but uh, to me i just try to enjoy what they are and have fun with it and there's definitely yeah. some fun to to be had with this one you know, it's it's what it is. So yeah, I, I don't get worked up about it. But be happy. People are still <laughs> talking about the original. You know, uh, 1974, and here we are doing a podcast uh, talking about it. I mean that that says a lot.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that sounded like closing thoughts. There. Do, do you want to throw out one more piece, or because I know you probably have like a hundred more listed.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I could just touch on real quick. Uh, one of the things that, uh, this will go back to the original. (laughs) Uh One of the things that I really latched on that I really enjoyed about the original that, uh, and we, and I can compare this with the new one and how the new one doesn't do anything whatsoever. Um, and that's that whole abuse, neglect angle. Um, again, going back to Leatherface and, and that, and that moment when, he first kills and the the freak out that he has and then also once his brothers come the way that they treat him you can just tell that this is a this is a guy that he's not all there he's very much um, grown up being abused uh, he's, he's the mother of the house where he does the, 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 the cleaning and the cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, that's why <laughs> the house is so nice. Um, <laughs> um, just the whole abuse, neglect angle, creating a monster type thing. I, I thought of Carrie, um, which is, you know, that's the other thing is that this is a, a very, um, artistic horror film same thing with carrie um yeah more more recent than that i would say the movie martyrs um and uh what i wanted to say this will be final thought though with leatherface is that you know look at the original leatherface and how verbal he is look at the original leatherface how much of a just bumbling like at idiot honestly he's 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 not all there he's not all there physically mentally emotionally he runs like a cartoon he really does yeah and then jump to 48 years later he seems to have all his mental capacity you know he he's all there he he, he can like play hide and seek with her and hide the chainsaw and then do like these tricks with the chainsaw, throwing it across the floor. And he gets around a lot better than he did 48 years ago. I mean, here he is, he hasn't picked up the chainsaw in who knows how long. And here he is, you know, he's, he's uh, in his seventies or eighties and he's like, champion chainsaw wielder. I mean... I just... hope I'm
0: in that good shape when I'm <laughs> exactly. in my like 80s. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I hadn't picked up a chainsaw in at least 30 years. If I was to do it, I mean, I would just be like, okay, how do I start it? Uh... <laughs>
0: Chad with a chainsaw. Now that's a scary thought. (laughs) So, no, again, I understand, though, some
1: of the reason why people hate this movie, and I think that's part of it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So um, I just had to get that out there, though, because, again, the first one just has so many ways that you can view it and read into it, and it's just uh, so much that you can connect with. And this new one is just so much of just throwing surface things uh you know onto the wall and trying to find
0: something that sticks and
1: and all it wants to do though is just you know have gore
2: which it does well
0: yeah exactly that's really all it cares about and it does it pretty well so i think uh i think it's not all that bad but it's also not that good so i think (laughs) i think that's the place to wrap it up uh chad is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners
1: Yes, actually, and this is one I did post about a little while back. You might remember a video of a girl making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that I posted oh in the Facebook group. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so this is a movie called Kid Thing. It uh, takes place uh, outskirts of Austin, and it's this girl who doesn't have any like parental guidance at all. Uh, she has this, you know, very weird family, uh, her, you know, her, her parental figures are these two, uh, guys that are almost like. You know, beavis and butthead uh, and you're not even sure of what the relationship is because she doesn't call either one dad or anything that she calls them by their first name and they're into like car derbies and uh scratching lottery tickets and they're always fighting uh and this is you know what she uh, has to look up to but uh it's kind of like a female gumo because she's just kind of going around doing her own thing whatever she wants to whether it's you know Stealing from the local uh, uh, convenience store or, or shooting stuff with a, a paint gun. Um, and it's just her kind of off on her own, getting into little things. Uh, and there's that classic peanut butter and jelly moment because uh, she's making uh, <laughs> these sandwiches for this lady who is in a hole in the woods. Um, so, yeah, kid thing. Uh, it's a 2012 movie. The Zellner brothers uh, made that. Uh, it is fantastic, so definitely recommend it.
0: Right on. I'm gonna go have a uh, peanut butter and <laughs> jelly sandwich now. So. <laughs> Only
1: if you make it properly. Yes. Grab the absolutely. peanut butter with your hand. Oh, they
0: made damsel, huh? I, I've been trying to watch damsel for a while now. I've never seen it. Yeah,
1: evidently they're they've got a big following. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, that one's awesome. Great
0: awesome well chad thank you as always for uh being here and i'm sure you'll be back soon enough uh there's a bunch of dc movies coming this year so (laughs) we'll talk to you again soon
1: yeah it's a it's an exciting time uh last year with the movies we've gotten and then this year uh lots of uh good stuff on the way so i am here when you need me
2: Check out the Sonic Cinema Podcast, where film critic Brian Scuttle takes you through the year
1: discussing classic films, reviewing modern hits and misses, covering film festivals, and interviewing filmmakers and film critics. Click subscribe at YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, and other platforms, or follow along at
0: www.sonic-cinema.com. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Chad for joining me on that one. And I hope you are enjoying what we do here on Piecing It Together. If you are, I would really appreciate it if you would go drop a little five-star rating and maybe even a review if you've got a couple of minutes on Apple Podcasts, over on Spotify, Good Pods, Pod Chaser, wherever you can leave a review. That would be so wonderful if you did that. We really appreciate it. And uh, also just make sure you're subscribed. Follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And don't forget about the Patreon I told you about at the top of the show. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. in case you forgot the link. And over the course of the last hour, you decided that you wanted to sign up that's the link go do it uh but most of all just share the show we really appreciate that because then it gets the show out in front of new listeners new potential guests for upcoming episodes all kinds of great stuff like that so thank you so much for listening and consider sharing the show so i always close these episodes out with a piece of my music and usually i try to keep a little track of uh what i've been playing so i don't repeat the same song i mean i'm I have a lot of music, but uh, you know, there's only a couple of hundred tracks for me to pick from. But uh, which sounds like a lot, but you know, it is a lot. But uh, I, I try to like mix them up, and that way, I don't play the same song multiple times. You know, in any kind of uh, you know, in a year, or, you know, at least in a few months. But this is a unique situation because last week we did the episode on Peacemaker. And it's such like a silly, goofy, over the top 80s themed kind of an intro uh, to that show Peacemaker uh, that it felt right for the closing to play this track called Party Bus to Hell from a film that I did music for called Bus Party to Hell, which was actually a puzzle piece here on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode. Uh, And it's actually a film produced by local filmmakers Sonny and Michael Mahal, uh, directed by Rolf Konefsky, Uh, a really crazy, over-the-top, ridiculous gore fest with lots of blood and boobs and set on a party bus with all kinds of killing and violence and creatures and demons and terror reads in it as well and uh it's it's a lot of fun and you should go check the movie out listen to the episode we did on it way back in the first year of piecing it together i also interviewed the film's director uh a lot of fun stuff there i played it last week not realizing that this week i would be doing the texas chainsaw massacre episode and that bus to Hell would be such a perfect puzzle piece but that's how things happen sometimes. So I have to play it again because who knows when the next time I'll get to play this song, when it will like be a good fit for the particular movie we're currently talking about. So it's just too perfect. I got to play it again. So uh, next week, I'll... Maybe I'll play a preview of some new music for my next album. That, that'd be a good way to, uh, to say I'm sorry for playing Party Bus to Hell two weeks in a row. So uh, this is Party Bus to Hell from the film Bus Party to Hell. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.